Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Tea Time with Linz. Welcome back. As always, because I always shout out this entire season, I've shouted out Poe the Passenger for their kindly giving me the intro and outro music for the show. They are doing a fundraiser on mosaic.co. If you go to their Instagram at Poe the Passenger, there is a link in their bio. They are trying to raise $5,000, which I think is totally, absolutely reasonable for their first album. So far, they're at $2,850. There are lots of tiers, lots of perks. So go check it out. You can be one of the first people to listen to their new single. So please, please, please go check it out at Poe the Passenger on mosaic.co. All right. And again, I'm going to shout out Kitty O'Shea's again. I did it on the other show. I'm going to do it again today. Uh, Eagle Rock. Check them out. Irish British store. And mate loves hearts. Come on. Club Biscuits. Ready Break. Fucking Ribena. Get in there. Anyway, on with the show. Today's guest, we have Sean Dasani. Sean is an American actor who started out the world of production before making the jump into acting. Not only is Sean just an actor, he also writes and creates his own projects. So winning! The past several years he has directed and produced also projects such as Game Night and Bollywood Invasion. You can catch Sean on Criminal Minds Beyond Borders. And you can follow Sean on Instagram and Twitter at Sean Dasani. All right, on with the show. Welcome to the show, Sean Dasani. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, actually. I'm playing a little bit of uncle role today. So uh, <laughs> so it's it's good. I love it. I love it. Good, good, good. good. So we're just going to dive right in because I know you have some people you're looking after. How old are they, by the way? Uh, my nephew is 10. My niece is nine. They just whooped my butt in soccer. House <laughs> we play kitchen soccer. And I lost pretty bad uh, 20 to 7. But oh. they, that's my workout for the day. That is pretty bad, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> soccer which is also american uh the american for the worldwide football yes 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 <sighs> goodness it's so funny because uh anytime i call anytime i say football but i mean soccer it's very confusing for everybody because i mm. can't i can't get my head around saying soccer i i you get know? it because the rest of the world doesn't call it soccer yeah. and you know what? I totally understand why they call it football. Yeah. Just, it, it, you know, <laughs> it makes total sense. It's the Americans that need to learn. Don't worry. It's not. So, yeah. <laughs> so sometimes when I say, if I say soccer, I'm just like, I don't want to be saying this word. But, <laughs> yeah. I when I say, it. if I say football for soccer, I'm like, I mean, like, you know, European British football. Yes. Yes. Not American football right anyway, anyway, anyway. <laughs> politics of sports right yeah there's a whole there's a whole podcast right there oh my gosh it'd be ridiculous yeah. Yeah. so sean why don't you tell us how you got into the whole creative acting performative world let's start okay. there let's start at the beginning at the very <laughs> beginning uh well yeah no it's a great question um everyone's origin story is so different. So I always, mm-hmm. I'm always fascinated to hear how people got into this line of work because it's not like it's, you know, so predictable or, you know, it's not like everyone has like a, a relative or a parent that's doing it. And we just follow that, you know, it's uh, no, I grew up in North Carolina, which is on the East coast. 
of the United States and more specifically, I guess, considered the South. Mm-hmm. And um, I come from a large South Asian immigrant family. And um, when I was little, we, we didn't have a whole big South Asian community here. So my family would get together all the time uh, celebrating someone's birthday or anniversary or whatever it was. And, you know, they always, the adults in the family always said to the kids in the family, hey, why don't you all put on some sort of show, some sort of entertainment thing. So when I was about 10, I was tasked with writing this skit. And I think it was New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from that, I ended up writing like all these like little plays that my cousins and I would be in, whether it was someone's wedding or whatever. And I really loved acting. Um, the writing part was nerve wracking, but I did it because I wanted to be in the thing that I was writing and it felt really fun. And it felt great to like hear people respond to the performance, the live performance of it. And then as I was growing up, I didn't think, you know, being someone from an immigrant family and being someone who didn't grow up around like the entertainment industry, um, and saw my parents as my dad's a, a business person. My whole family's in business together a very entrepreneurial family. And I I just didn't see it as realistic, but I ended up studying marketing first and then got a minor in film studies because I saw a flyer one day at my university that they had just started a film studies program Mm -hmm. and I could minor in it. So I minored in film studies and then ended up from there going to film school and learning everything I could about being behind the camera. And I was working in production um, for, for a little while. I was working in production and then I got into acting um, kind of around 2014. This is a little bit of a personal story. So I'll, I'll go ahead and dive in because that's what we're, we're just talking yeah. about everything. Yeah. So at the time that I was considering what I wanted to do for a living, I knew a long time ago that I wanted to be an actor. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel, re- feel realistic for all the reasons I just mentioned, but also, you know, I am, so I'm transgender and I transitioned to male around 2014 Mm-hmm. And I had been working in production at that time. And then finally, I realized, well, if you want to pursue acting, you can actually now audition for the types of roles that you would feel comfortable playing. Gotcha. Whereas before, I just it just didn't even feel like something I would want to do because that meant auditioning for female roles and female characters. And mm-hmm. that's not something that I felt that I wanted because yeah. I felt like I was already doing that in real life without wanting to do that but feeling Mm -hmm. like I had to do that. So that's the last thing that I wanted to do with my career. But once it became an option, it actually felt really incredible to step into the acting space, which brings a whole world of challenges. Uh, But I really do find um, a lot of meaning in the work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like what you were saying at the very beginning, everybody has their own journey into how they got it. So I find Mm -hmm. me personally, I find that very fascinating And it's also very inspiring because as you were saying, you were transitioning and that's just that in itself is like a huge deal. So then to add acting on top of it, because that's a huge deal as well. It's like, you're not making it easy for yourself. I I did not think that through. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, thanks for, thanks for pausing there for that. Because yeah, it's, it, it was a process to arrive at that um, space of understanding my gender identity, mm-hmm. because um, I didn't have language for it growing up, even though I, I knew from the time I was really young, yeah. I didn't know that there was an option to transition gender. Yeah. I didn't know there was a word for how I felt. Um, so as I started to discover all of that, and 
the first the first feeling was fear to be honest yeah. with you it was of like course. yeah yeah because sexuality I could hide if I needed to if I if I wanted to maybe not disclose to my family or my parents like someone I was dating mm-hmm. I lived on the opposite end of the country I didn't have to say anything if I didn't want to but when you transition when you physically transition mm-hmm. gender you can't hide that and also it's something that you have to develop a comfort um if you choose to be open and visible you have to develop a, a comfort with speaking about these things and if your family is still a part of your life, then they have to learn how to get comfortable as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I realized it wasn't just me who was transitioning. It was also something I had to work through with my family as well. Of course. Um, and luckily I was actually very, um, very supported. Uh, yeah. Not to say it wasn't challenging at times. I mean, this was very, it's not at all something that they were thinking about as, you know, uh, a family that we, everyone deals with their own stuff. So they had their own stuff, but also being an immigrant family on top of that, you know, they wanted to give us the best life they could possibly give us. Of course. And I don't think it was ever in their mind that they would now as parents be dealing with a child coming to them and saying that they wanted to, they identify as a different gender and this is their new name and these are their new pronouns. And that's a lot for parents as mm-hmm. well. But I was really lucky that they were actually very supportive in that process. So when I told them I wanted to be an actor, they were like, oh, okay, is that it? You know? <laughs> that, Anything that else? You're right. <laughs> okay. So, so yeah, it's, um, it's been great. But the timing of it has also been really important because, you know, just by chance as a country and I guess, you know, worldwide, the conversation around trans people in entertainment is really starting to expand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And was, yeah, and it was really kind of, kind of starting to open up around that time. Of course, I didn't know that it just, you know, it just worked out in that way. So now there's this added responsibility to not just be a good actor, which I think whatever we do, whatever the career path is like, everyone wants to be good at that. So when you're in a career that's visible, mm-hmm. um, as a trans person, uh, I, and I think as all of us, not just a trans person, but I think most of us have to be very conscientious and also use our, our voice to be advocates as well. Yeah. Um, because wherever we land in our identity, we're going to, you know, we're going to have to have a position about something or another. It's just the world that we live in nowadays. And sometimes we speak about it um, on a platform like social media. Sometimes we have uh, a podcast interview like this, which to me feels a lot more intimate and um, I actually really like conversing in this way and sharing mm-hmm. things about how I feel in this way. I am less comfortable with like sharing on social media yeah. or having big conversations on social media. Just, it feels, um, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like the way for me just now, yeah. but yeah. So there is that added responsibility when we're in a public career to like know how to advocate and how to express how we feel about certain things. It's so, interesting yeah. you say that because I know a lot of actors get pushback for advocating for certain things like if it's trans if it's sexuality if it's um climate change if it's like whatever it is Mm -hmm. that they're advocating for like I just see so many things so much pushback from certain like a whatever demographic of people where Mm -hmm. they're just like oh I wish so-and-so wouldn't start talking through his Oscar speech about climate change and blah blah, you know what I mean or like oh why do they have to it's just but I, I feel like I feel like if you have that platform mm-hmm. and you have X amount of followers on Twitter or Instagram or whatever it is, even if you don't have like millions, 
if you're in the public eye and you have some type of I feel like you have a kind of a duty mm-hmm. to be an advocate for mm-hmm. you know especially especially for something that's so personal and so relatable mm-hmm. do you know what I mean I do I totally and do. I just I when people push back because I know some people are like oh why why are these actors even on social media because I don't want to see their personal life and I'm just like well don't follow them then don't listen to right. me. Just totally, totally. just mute them or whatever, you know? Yeah, it's like a double, double-edged sword in some it ways. It really like, is. A, you can't please everybody. Mm-hmm. B, I think, like, my thoughts are come from the place that's most authentic to you. Yeah. Because on the one hand, we can feel like there's this pressure to say something. On the other hand, we can feel like there's that, the opposite end of the coin. If I say something, I'm going to be, you know, crucified, so to speak, and... And then just silence ourselves. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's like what feels most authentic to you and what feels like a good use of your time and energy. Mm-hmm. And also, um, you know, there are times that we're going to want to speak up and say something. And there, there are going to be times where we choose not to. And I think that's it's such a subjective thing. But we we live in a world where everyone feels like they want to say something about the way somebody else lives their life. And I think that has to stop. Yeah. So it's so interesting because yeah yeah, you're spot on so just going back to your parents and being so just supportive of everything because Mm -hmm. I've I've heard like mixed reviews of some parents are like not supportive about their child going into the creative arts and the fact that you've got parents who are like supportive of everything and then they're (laughs) what you said about oh acting is that it yeah that's fine that's really because yeah. really <laughs> yeah. they're just like yeah, uh... I just remember my parents were like when I told them about acting they were just like oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean I, I joke a little bit about that but you know honestly I think the harder the harder thing for them was like moving away from home because yeah. we are we are a big family but we're also a very close family you know everyone lives like very close to each other here on the east coast and I think like say for my mom you know we're very close and she was more like I don't want you to go all the way to the other side of the country we're never going to see you you know so it was a lot of it was coming from that perspective mm-hmm. you know uh definitely my dad is a very practical person and he's also a very like follow your dreams kind of person yeah And um, because that's the way that he is, you know, he's someone that followed his dreams and his passions in life and it served him really well. Um, So that's one thing that he always gave us. I have two sisters, you know, that's an example that he always set for us and uh, as well as our extended family. Um, But I think for him, he was like, look, think about stability. Think about how, how you're going to make it as an actor. And he actually, um, he encouraged me when I was in, in undergrad, when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, he said, you can do whatever you want. I'm going to encourage that you study business. Mm -hmm. And he said, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. Business is always a component of that. So at the time I, I I just, I trusted that, you know, I thought that was a wise thing to say, even if I didn't understand all the reasons why, but I've come to understand that how true that is. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's the artistic side of this industry and this business. There's also the business of this business, which can be really uncomfortable when you're a creative person and you're like, hey, I just, I want to perform. That's where yeah. I thrive. Um, but if we're not thinking about the business side of things, then it's, um, it's it can be a really limiting uh, place to come from. So at the end of the day, we have to look at it from that perspective too. Um, I think that's very smart. 
yeah yeah I've spoken about it on the show many times but branding which is basically your business card like you as your business card is very important yeah I want to ask you how you feel about that because so that's interesting because the um the lane of business that I went into was marketing which Mm -hmm. branding falls under that umbrella but when you look at yourself as a product and you try and label a brand it's a really hard thing to do and I I have like yeah I have mixed feelings about that um so yeah I remember when I first did my first ever like branding type thing it was like a workshop it was in class or whatever and basically the whole class I think there was like 15 of us our teacher made everybody write down like three jobs that they think that we would be doing in our acting world like I got librarian I got doctor I got lawyer like I got all those type of things scientist Mm. and it it consistently came up and I'm in my head I was just like this is like 2008 I'm just like but I want to be like in period dramas and I want to be doing this and I want to be doing that I don't want to be like limited to this type of stuff yeah and then years like I think two years ago I did it again I mean I've been doing it throughout the years because it's good to get other people's point of view And again, this one, it was different, same type of setup, class, I think there was like eight of us, and our teacher gave us worksheets, and it basically like circle each like thing, like, what's your age bracket? Are they soft? Are they neutral looking? Are they harsh looking? And then, then it goes into the profession, then it goes into like all these other like, I don't know, I I need to find it because I need to post it. But it was really, really interesting when you got the feedback back, you're like, okay, this is coming from eight different people and 90% of the stuff is linking up. And then it kind of taught me how to, I wish I hadn't had such a pushback from the first time that I did it when I got the librarian, the scientist, the lawyer, because I'm just like, there are roles that I would love to play Mm -hmm. that are those you know when you just don't want to be pigeonholed for sure for sure and so yeah. that I, I was I was pushing back because I didn't want to be pigeonholed yeah yeah but now I'm just like oh, you're such a tit you should have just just done it just I feel like embraced uh, it yeah. that's such a relatable story I mean I think any probably any actor listening to this would be able to connect to what you're saying because we've all either we've been in those courses or we've heard about them or in some way we know about the, you know, this feeling. And I've had um, professionals also say, Hey, you know, that's not some, you're not a product, you're a human. You don't need to brand yourself. Like I've heard that as well. Um, And there's no, I don't know that there's like a one right answer. Um, Yeah. I don't think so either. You know, it's uh, it's tough. I, I get the logic. Obviously I get the, the, um, the mindset about that. But I think what's great now is like, cause you did say that was 2008 mm-hmm. and here we are in 2021 where you have many more platforms, many more different types of shows. You're seeing lead characters of all body types, shapes, sizes, you know, yeah. we're seeing that now. And um, I think that's what's great about where we are in this yeah. moment, especially if you're someone who writes and creates your own work, which you do. Mm-hmm. Um so I think that opens up even more opportunity. So yeah, there's, there's probably, um, there's definitely a value to that. I'll say that there's, there's a value to that. So I definitely don't want to knock it, but it's, it's also a really tricky space for an actor to kind of 
you know, you think about your humanity and you think about all the experiences you've been through. And we all know that we're more than just this one kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, but I think you're, you're, really smart to say well yeah of course I could play that character because you would still bring your humanity to that character like you're a librarian and we might have this very stereotypical view in our minds but it's like we don't know all the different layers of that person's experience you know and that's what I wasn't thinking about like when yeah Yeah. when the people were like saying all this stuff I was just like oh what boring because I wasn't thinking (laughs) about all the other stuff yeah that goes along with that and yeah. then I'm just like, when I was getting Doctor all the time, I was just like, Doctor. And I'm just like, Grey's Anatomy is one of my favorite shows. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like so like ridiculous, but I'm like, I love it. And I love the the Doctor shows. I love the lawyer procedurals. And I'm just like, why was I so against it? Mm-hmm. I feel like it's because I just didn't want to be looped into one category. And then that was it forever. Mm-hmm. Because I'm just like, well, you're an actor. You, can, you should be able to do everything. And I... Uh, at that time I was just like I want to do everything and I still do but I now understand the business side of it where you're just like okay just get your foot in the door yeah and then take it one step at a time right right yeah yeah so anyway so that's what I found and got from the branding side of everything so For for sure and I do feel like to have a business mind in the whole acting thing because I feel like that's why I faltered for a very long time until I switched on that business side and started thinking like a business because you are a business, you know? Still not that easy to do. It's Um, not easy to do at all. And I think like sometimes when we think about everything that's involved from like, I mean, in essence, you're run, you are running your own company. I mean, you've got to look out from a financial standpoint, your accounting and kind of be good at your keeping all your accounting records and all that stuff, but then your social media and your marketing and your, Mm -hmm. you know, all of those functions are carried out by different people in a traditional company. And here you are, the thing that's being sold and the thing that's trying to figure out how to manage the thing that's being sold, you know, you're, you're doing a lot of this stuff. So hopefully, you know, I also want to hear more about like what some strategies that you've had and you've learned, but like, I think hopefully where we get to a place where we can start building a team, mm-hmm. a little bit of you know, people, whether that's through our reps or, yeah legal or whatever it is where we can get a little bit more guidance because I I think there's a lot of value to or even friends you know friends that are in the business like there's a lot of value to um uh pulling from what other people have experienced like their knowledge their pool yeah and um we learn you know we learn as we go we don't have to necessarily have it all figured out at once but we feel like we do but we don't yeah and we feel like we should have it figured out as well and it's just not possible for sure because it yeah. is a it's a journey it's a learning process you know I feel like something I've, I've said it before but with the whole branding thing I feel like something that tripped me up a lot as well well not necessarily tripped me up but like kind of wasted some of my time and money or a lot of my money <laughs> was getting headshots before I knew my branding mm-hmm. so now I kind of know like I feel like it's I've met in the middle where I'm like okay these are the roles I want to be playing these are the roles that people see me as and kind of meet in the middle and go to the photographer and be like okay this is how people see me this is what I want to be doing and I also feel like that's another reason why I really have been enjoying creating my own stuff is because I want to be doing stuff that I feel like I want to be doing 
mm-hmm. and not what I should be doing or like yeah. not what not what people see me as being doing yeah yeah it's like it's like taking your power back yeah so I'm yeah. just like having like the best of both both worlds mm-hmm. and then it's also really interesting because um like recently I filmed something and I went in to do like a hair and makeup fitting and they were trying like my hair's really fine it's really thin and it doesn't really hold styles very well mm-hmm. and so when I actually went back to shoot they were like oh we're gonna put you in a wig and I'm like yes because I love wigs <laughs> like I love oh, looking okay. I love oh. I love looking different for roles okay like I love awesome. not having like blonde hair and like all that because that's the other thing too I feel like I've been pigeonholed for having blonde hair but I'm like uh-huh. this is my hair this is I can't I can dye it but it's just going to keep coming back blonde so I'm just like fuck <laughs> yeah. it why why am I going to just waste money on hair dye or like hairdressers or whatever um and it's, it's really rough on your hair too and so then yeah. when they wigged me up and got me in my outfit I'm just like it's so weird how with castings and like casting directors like they say how sometimes you should go into the room looking sure like the character which I'm like absolutely totally on board obviously don't go crazy overboard but it's weird until you see the picture I'll show I'll send you the picture but like you wouldn't recognize me I don't think anyone's going to recognize me on the tv show because I look so different are you saying from the thing that you filmed from the thing that I shot gotcha okay so then I'm just like well do I do headshots with like actual wigs on that look like my real hair kind of thing because it's so different like you I look so different like I sent them to my husband he was like what the fuck because he was just like you look like a chameleon like I had no idea that was you so then that's then that's the other thing it's just like well that's why I also had problems with the branding stuff because I'm like but you can change your hair sure you can change your makeup you can do you know what I mean sure sure yeah that that's tricky I that's interesting. I mean, I don't know. I My two cents are maybe they, well, it's your headshot that got you into the room. It is, yeah. And you, you did go in looking like your headshot. You must mm-hmm. have. Um, and yep. they like your performance. And, you know, maybe there was a plan from the beginning to, you know, change up your look. Or maybe they were like, they didn't think about it until hair and makeup came in to the picture. Yeah, um, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's the, uh, Yeah, there are the, all these different aspects that you don't think about. Yeah. And I don't just... change that much. <laughs> like, which is, no, it's hair, hair does change, but I think for the most part, like I've kind of maintained a little bit of a consistency just by chance, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and we, I, I don't know if people know this or not, um, but just to share, like you and I met because of a project that you were putting together the, um, what's Wait, the word? The what? Fateful, yes, the proof of yes. concept, yeah. The proof of concept, thank you. That Which was we're now word. turning into a short film, just FYI. That's amazing. That's amazing. I'm glad to hear that. Like, yeah, I know it was an audition that came through and I submitted my tape and was really happy to work with you on that. Yeah, it's, and and yeah, I don't know if you wanted, if you had already shared that at some point in another interview, but so you're turning into a short now. Turning into a short film. Yeah. It, I mean, it's been written as a feature film, but to mm-hmm. get funding for a feature film is just impossible. Not impossible, yeah. but for your first feature, it's hard. So Sony and I are just like, okay, let's turn it into a short film. And we can st- actually grab stuff that we used for the proof of concept. Yeah. And then just going back to the, when you said you auditioned for the show, 
or for not the show the um proof of concept so that was really interesting because sonny and i were going through the actors access and we had i'm gonna say like maybe 150 tapes per role so there was one two three four roles all together and we watched every single tape and then we would like email back and forth or like call each other about like particular ones and like pin particular ones and then Sonny had watched yours before he had sent it to or like before I had watched it and then he was just like have you seen it yet and I was like not yet just about to and he's like okay and then because he didn't say anything like about because he knew about the, the transgender and all that stuff I had no idea so I watched it and I was like this well this is it this is our guy for Will and I had like tears coming out my eyes I was just like he's so good and Aww. I was like amazing and then it was only after that Sonia told me and I was just like I first of all don't care because I'm just like he's amazing and second I'm like great even better they're like I don't it's, it doesn't matter like it didn't it wasn't it wasn't the reason why you got the role sure. and yeah. it wouldn't have gone against do you know what I mean so sure. Sure. so that brings me up to my next question like what like have you had any setbacks or have you had any like biased like how has that impacted you with your acting yeah um f- first of all thank you I actually I didn't know that about the tape so thanks for oh, you sharing didn't? That. Oh. That, that's always great for you know that's always great to hear yeah um, that, that someone really loved your performance that much so thank you for sharing that oh you knocked it out of the park yeah <laughs> thank you thank you well I mean I love the I love the vulnerability of it mm-hmm. you know there was it was just very for an audition piece it was like very juicy and very meaty you know and so sometimes it's good to think about when you're auditioning to do, don't think of it as an audition. Think of it. That's the performance. Like mm-hmm. put it in exactly there. Exactly right as well. Yeah. So as far as setbacks, I, I, I don't know, but I'm sure because I think that's the nature of the industry that we're in is like for anyone casting in casting who may know when I submit a tape may think twice before as they're making that decision, may think twice about the impact of what does that mean then for the character or the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure there have been some situations like that, but I don't, I don't really know when that's come up or not. Um, gotcha. And, but I think that's, you know, that's different for every trans person. You know, I just want to make sure that I'm clear that I'm speaking from my experience and, you know, yeah, it is going to be different depending on someone's look um, or who they are, et cetera, et cetera. But I think the challenge now is like making sure that I, I love the opportunity to play trans characters. I don't want to only play a character who's trans and never be considered for a cis male role. Mm -hmm. Um, I understand when people kind of look at that and say, well, what does that mean? Because we talk about like, we want accurate representation and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But what has shifted what I really appreciate now when you see breakdowns come through. And so breakdowns are like for any non-actor listeners, it's like when an audition uh, posting, it's like a job posting. Think of a breakdown as a job posting. Many times now you're see, you see male identified character or person, you know, this character is a male identified person. And so we actually have never, ever seen a breakdown written as cisgender male unless that's very, very specific to the story that they want a cisgender male. So -hmm. if you're casting a male, then you want people that are male and trans men, people who identify as trans men are male. So I think at that point, it's like just making sure that as people know that you are trans in this industry, making sure you're also seen and considered for roles that are 
open to male identified people. Yeah. Um, that's, that's been the challenge so far, but um, I, I don't see that as something that's going to stop me in the long mm-hmm. run. And, uh, and so, yeah, that's, that's very specific to, to me. And I know people have different experiences there. And I don't think it should like hold you back or stop you because I feel like so many things are changing now. Right. Like the world is changing and it's changing really quickly. Yes. You know yeah. what I mean? It's crazy. And I was having this conversation with somebody the other day, but when I was filming that role, it was only a day filming role, but I was six months pregnant at the time. And he was just like, 10 years ago, that probably would never have happened. Maybe even mm-hmm. five years ago, that may never have happened. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. And the role wasn't pregnant. I was just sitting down so you can't actually see my belly. Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah, the industry is definitely just getting more open. Yeah, it's interesting when you say quickly, because like, that's definitely the impression. But it's, it's also like, it's been slowly happening all this time. But it's only like recently that it's happening, like, feels like it's happening more quickly. Gotcha. Um, it's like right? when they say yeah. a newcomer, and they've been doing it for like 15 years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. totally. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's like our, our way of communicating is much yeah. faster now. Yeah. We, we hear about these things but yeah I think uh, how do you feel about that I, I I like the more I like that we're getting into more open spaces with representation with like showing different people and making sure we don't have the same exact look for every kind of character you know I love it I because I remember when I was growing up and I knew when I wanted to be an actress I was just like oh this is what I really want to do but I have like you know when you just like start critiquing yourself and mm-hmm. it's just like really yeah like you go into detail you're like oh I've got veiny legs oh I have like such stuff that nobody else would ever even think yeah. of but you're just like what if somebody photographs me and starts critiquing this stuff and like pulling it apart and blah 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 and because I've never been like a stick I've always had like the pear-shaped figure which yeah. when Kate Winslet came out I became obsessed with Kate Winslet yeah. Yeah. Because I'm like, she was like my body, like goddess kind yeah. of stuff. And she's an incredible actress and she just doesn't give a shit. And she's just like, there are so many things about Kate Winslet that I'm just like, yes, 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 yeah. yes. And I feel like she has paved a way for so many different, like for conversations to be open. Even mm-hmm. just recently when she was on uh, Mayor of East Town. I don't know if you watched that show. Not um, yet. It's, re- it's really good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But even, I think it was about two weeks ago after it wrapped or three weeks ago when it like finished and there's a sex scene in there. But I think from what I remember, because it was in the first episode, I think, like she's fully clothed, it's on the sofa and then the director was just like, oh, let me film from this angle because it'd be more flattering. And she was like, do not dare. This Mm. is my age. This is my body. If I've got flab, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So what you were saying earlier about like just being more different types of people and that's what I love about LA as well mm-hmm. is yeah of course there are all these skinny like women and there are these like super buff men and whatever but you also have all these people like the character actors who are consistently working because of the way they look mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what I mean yeah and so I, I know that's that's been going on for a long time but you look at actors like Frances McDermott who, you know, she doesn't give a shit about putting makeup on and stuff like that. And she is who she is. She says what she says. 
and I'm totally on board with that. I'm like, yes to that. And you know? she's phenomenal as an actor. Yeah. Oh, incredible. Like, yeah. Like mind blowing. Um, but I also feel like your community as well and who you surround yourself with, I feel like that really helps. Yeah. Yep. So, because obviously you're usually based in LA. I'm assuming. Yeah. 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 I am. I usually am. Um, at the moment, I'm in North Carolina with family. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It, and I was in New York last week. And that's also a different, you know, whole different vibe. I feel like uh, I, I love LA. Mm-hmm. But when I spend time in New York, I feel like, oh, LA has a little bit of catching up to do when it comes oh, to people expressing themselves, how they, you know, how they feel. LA can feel a little. I mean, everything's been shut down anyway right now, yeah. but um, it can feel a little bit like you want to fit into this certain look or this certain type. And I think that's the challenge. Um, we have a choice, right? We have a choice to either look at everybody else who doesn't want to feel like, oh, they're leading the leading person, you know, um, the hero or the, you know, the person that saves the day. But we don't all, um, we all look different. You yeah. know, it's like, I'm not six two with like rippling abs and muscles and stuff like that. Yeah. So if that's what I see as the leading person, there's some part of me that's always going to feel like, or that's automatic, not always, but automatically going to feel like, oh, well, that's not me. I should then go into this space. And maybe that's a business thing. Or um, I can also look at the flip side. It's, a, it's like an exercise and really ex- like self-acceptance like accepting your body for what it is. And I love the story that you just shared about Kate Winslet, because if someone, if actors aren't in that space where they're able to tell the director, don't you dare, this is my body. It's not going to set up the rest of the actors to be able to do something like that. We're we're constantly in this system of perfection Mm -hmm. of like looking a certain way, but that's actually so much pressure, not just for actors, but like think people everywhere who consume media are going to compare themselves to someone they see on camera. And realistically, we all do look different. Mm -hmm. So we all actually need to see that portrayed in our lead characters, not just in our uh, character actors. You know, we need to see that in in all different, in all different ways, media wise. So yeah, it's cool that you shared that. I don't know if you saw uh, Hacks, which is I haven't yet but it's on my okay. list so we did the opposite I was I was like I need to watch Maravie's Town but I'm gonna watch Hacks first yeah. and Jean Smart is in both She's of them. in both yeah yeah <laughs> and no spoilers but they have this very interesting conversation because the it, the the show has a very interesting conversation in one of the episodes where the younger writer uh she's she's a screenwriter gets paired with this older comedian Mm-hmm. And at some point they have a conversation on the responsibility to check people in how um, check men, check cisgender men in how like they treat women. Yeah. And it's such a great, like the episode is great. I'm excited for you to watch it. Um, but it kind of just speaks to that point of like, we can't just keep going with the way things have been. Yeah. And sometimes it's just, it's just that. It's just, I want people to see me for who I am. Mm-hmm. We don't need to hide anything. We don't need to trick the audience into thinking that I'm someone I'm not. They need to see all my angles, yeah. you know? And I think that's such a powerful place to be in. It's really interesting too, because 
because you've just triggered you've just brought something up but I remember years like I'm gonna say seven years ago I filmed something with Sonny who you met he was a director on Fateful we shot a pilot it was it was like a 15 16 minute like pilot and it was really good it makes me really sad that nothing happened with it because we put so much time and energy and like the actual way it looks it's just oh, it's so I'm you know what I'm I'll cry after this um <laughs> but there was an actress on the show she was also on the production team mm-hmm. and I won't go into all the details because like I said I'll cry but she was basically the lead or like one of the leads in this show and it makes me really sad because Sunny did the first initial edit and on one of her scenes she literally made him edit the scene about 15 to 16 different times because mm. she didn't like the way her ears looked mm. and okay. I mean this was seven years ago but you know when like we're so critical of ourselves anyway mm. we're gonna have people being critical of ourselves because we're on like this is what we've chosen to do and like mm. that just it kind of comes hand in hand but it just like bums me out because I'm like why have that added pressure like that's what I think that's why I love Kate Winslet so much and like actresses and actors who just don't care about mm. looking ugly but they're not even ugly but you know what I mean like they don't care about perfect. yes they, perfect, yeah they don't care about their imperfections they're like this is me this is who I am mm. and sure I mean I wonder if Kate went back to her trailer and was just like oh I didn't like that shot oh, but you know she didn't say it in mm-hmm. fact she said the opposite mm-hmm. so I find that really valuable because we are our like I find that I'm definitely my biggest critic mm-hmm. and I feel like I don't know I just feel like that's kind of I feel like we're all our own biggest critics mm-hmm. but to be that critical of like something so ridiculous about our ears which mm-hmm. really like if anybody else saw not even like giving it a th- second thought absolutely yeah but, and it, 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 it makes my heart sad because the way you see yourself is not how other people see you necessarily right. and this girl who was this woman who was in the the, the pilot she's dropped a gorgeous and you're just like my god yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's interesting how how we can tie our self-worth into um into how we look and mm-hmm. look, I'm, I do it too. I think it's, it's something that when we, when we're aware of it, it's, it's just work that we have to continue to do mm-hmm. uh, to, to continue to reach that place of self-acceptance, you know, I think yeah. we're all like in that process in some shape, way or form, but it's yeah. good to talk about it too. It definitely. Maybe. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so just completely switching gears, there was a project that you created Mm-hmm. I think a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I can't, it was Agents of something. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm blank, I'm blank. Oh, no, I'm glad you brought this up. I was actually talking to my dad about this yesterday. And this is, this is interesting because this is the first time I'm, I'm actually really talking about it. So um, this was something that I was actually really excited about. And um, we, uh, my, my friend, one of my really good friends was a writer. We co-wrote this series together, the seven episode series. And um, I was really happy with the script, but somewhere in my mind, I was like, I know it's not quite there. 
at the, around the same time, things started to snowball and we met the, you know, we started talking about crowdfunding and we ended up working with this really awesome company to help us with our crowdfunding campaign. And right before we pulled the trigger, I was like, wait, I don't think we're ready. I'm nervous because this concept that we've written, it feels like such a big budget thing. And this project um, deals with climate change, deals with gender identity, deals with like things that I'm really passionate about. And it does it in this really comedic way. Um, But something just for me wasn't quite gelling. And I I wanted to slow the roll on crowdfunding, but we had already kind of started. So we were like, okay, let's go. And um, we will figure it out. So we go through 30 days of crowdfunding, which if if you've done it, it's Oh, it's such a beast. And such they, beast. <laughs> you know, the, the team we were working with, uh, Avenida Productions, they're really, really sweet people. And, um, you know, they suggested, look, every time you hit a goal, we're going to do some sort of something fun to show people that, you know, hey, we're celebrating, we hit this goal. And it's like this four week thing and you set milestones along the way. So we hit our goal at the end. We raised the money we were trying to raise. And then, our crowdfunding ended and I was completely exhausted. Mm-hmm. And I, for a, a month, I'm like, I can't, I cannot think about this right this second because it, it was like the exhaustion of having gone through that. And, and then um, I went through some of my own like personal stuff where things were going on in my relationship. And I was like, okay, dealing with heartbreak and grieving and all that. And so what happened for me was like this, I just had to put it to the side mm-hmm. because there was like literally no creative juice to go back and look at that script and try to fix it. Yeah. And then to think about, well, how do you, how do you tell this massive story with this budget that we raised, which was, I was so grateful to have, but it, it, I was like, we're not going to serve the story if we try to force it right now. So I did the compassionate thing for myself. And I was like, go through what you need to go through, grieve and heal. Just, just focus on that right now. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I was get I was booking a couple of other things that other people had written. And it was actually a part of my healing process to be able to dive in creatively as an actor and put my my pain in that, put my like energy into that. Everything that I was experiencing emotionally, I could put into the acting work that I was, you know, not having to have the responsibility of writing. So that was in 2018. I've been going through my process and all that stuff. And then I was like, about a year later, I was like, I think I'm ready to tackle the script. And I kept looking at it and kept looking at it and kept looking at it. And I thought, I, I just wasn't quite getting it. I wasn't every iteration and it took on so many different iterations. I was like, I'm not quite getting it. Um, last year, I submitted a revised pilot. Now I've taken it from a short form series to like, let's go ahead and do a pilot. Um, I submitted to some competitions and we went, we went actually got some great feedback through different competitions we submitted through. And just now I was talking to my dad yesterday. I said, this is what I'm going to do. Writing is such a huge responsibility. Mm -hmm. I think feasibly we can either film a short with the money that we raised, which means this entire concept and iterations of concepts, we either bring it down to a short form series, a short form, uh, a short film, mm-hmm. um, or I give the money back. And my dad shared this great story about how in the seventies, he had to raise money for a project that wasn't coming together and he had to give all the money back. And we talked about it and I was like, look, I've, that's always kind of been in the back of my mind that I would 
totally do that because it doesn't feel right to me to hang on to the money. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, uh, put a deadline, put a deadline down. Yeah. And uh, that's essentially where we are. It's like, I either put a deadline down to write your short and give everyone the opportunity to pull out because that's not what they originally agreed to fund. They agreed to fund a seven episode series. Mm-hmm. Some people will say it's okay. Some people will say we don't want to fund a short, which I'm totally okay with. Yeah. Um, right. But I think ultimately that responsibility is on me. I would never, I actually, whatever happens, I am not giving up on this project. It's one of those things that I will do before I die. <laughs> I really <laughs> that because I, I think it's actually really effing good. Yeah. I'm keeping my, I'm using my, my uncle language here. So yeah. that, oh, you're good. Uh, yeah. Um, I think it's such a great project and important. And I also, I, I'm giving myself a little bit of room because I also know it takes so much to create anything. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of respect for anyone that's creating their own thing because of all the energy it takes to just do that. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to hang on to that unless I can deliver. Yeah. And so, you yeah, will. I I'm think gonna, you will. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm going to start that communication back with the folks that supported us through that and just let them know where we're at. Mm-hmm. Um, in the meantime, there are other projects I'm working on developing that have had, uh, more traction. So we're, uh, we're going along that process. And when I say we, you know, you talked about community earlier, I have a couple of, um, uh, friends that we're, we're working on, uh, some things together with. So, uh, so that feels really good, Sick. but yes, thank you for, thank you for saying that. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I think it's important to talk about too, because, you know, many times people always tell actors, well, just create your own thing as if it's like that easy. Oh it's not gosh. always that easy. It's um, so annoying when people say that. Yeah, for sure. Um, Especially when you have been and you have something to show and yeah. that you've poured your heart and soul into and spent all this money on. And they're like, yeah. cool. What, what are you going to do now? Right. It's like, oh. <laughs> right. so annoying it's, it's like nothing it's like yeah. it's never good enough you know what I mean yeah and actually I was really glad um when you said that because I think you sent an email or maybe you posted about uh faithful and I think that's great look sometimes we sit with an idea and it keeps changing in our mind and it's like you're just trying to like catch catch it and it's like yeah. what should it look like what should it be there's so much you know so many things that we can be inspired by but it's tough yeah, well, for so long, we were like pushing it as a feature film and we we're trying to find funding. And we we're trying to figure out applications for funding. and we We're trying to figure out all this stuff. And then I had two producers I met with. One wanted to, um, this, bear in mind, this is an independent feature film that we don't have funding for yet. And it's going to yeah. be a low budget. Obviously, we'll be paying everybody. But until yeah. we get that funding, we can't pay people. And this woman was just like, great, I completely love the script. I'm totally on board. La, 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 name dropped and like anybody's business and then she was like I charge $900 a day and I'm like mm-hmm. what what mm-hmm. and I'm like no and then a second person who Sonia and I were like in contact with for a long like a couple of months like two or three months and we were going back and forth because she was in Europe at the time and I finally went to meet her in person because we were about to pull the trigger Sonia and I were like going to figure out how to pay her but she wanted $5,000 just to do a BFI um, application. BFI is the British Film Institute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she just wanted that just to do the application. Hmm. And I'm just like, oh. 
what and so it just like it just got to the point where I was like you know what I just need to take a breather from this exactly what you were saying Mm-hmm. I was like, and exactly what you're saying, like, I have to, this project has to get made. Mm-hmm. Like it has to, it has to, because mm-hmm. it's so like dear to my heart. Yeah. And I just, I just didn't know, like, I just, I burnt out from it. Exactly what you yeah. say. I just completely burnt out. Yeah. And then I had somebody on the show, I think like maybe in March and we got talking afterwards and he was just like, oh, well, if you've got a proof of concept take some footage turn it into a trailer get some like get your interest back into it and then just figure out what you're going to do and like and then I was as soon as I he said that I got my friend Jeff to turn it into a trailer which I'm like as soon as he sent me the trailer I'm like oh my god you blow my mind mm-hmm. it's so good <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really and then practice, it yeah. just totally wet my whistle again I'm just like and then I said to Sonny I was <laughs> like you know what we could turn it into like a 37 minute short film yeah, I'd already I changed it into a short film for like a lab that I'd submitted for last year, and I was like, "That we can do, like yeah. that we can do like a small crowdfunding thing again. We can figure this out. We can use the footage we already have." Mm-hmm. I'm like, and really, it's not that much, like many scenes that we need to shoot. Yeah, and I'm just like, and then I felt like such a weight had been lifted as soon as we kind of figured that out. Yeah. Because I felt like like you came on board. I had so many other actors on board that I'm just like, I want to like honor their work right. and the services they gave. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I felt yeah. like I had a duty for that. So now Sunny and I are going back and forth and we're like, all right, so we're just going to figure this out. And so by the end of the year or the beginning of next year, that's when we plan on shooting it. So I'm yeah. like, because we have deadlines now okay and so that's I'm like fantastic. yeah yeah I I thanks for sharing that it's a it's a journey and I think uh no shame in any of this you mm-hmm. know I think be proud it's something that I try to tell myself it's like especially more so now than than previously it's be proud of the work that you do and uh do work that you feel proud to do mm-hmm. you know and then don't you know, do the responsible thing, do the right and responsible thing by people. So, yeah. um, and if we can deliver, you know, there's no shame. It's like, it's tough and yeah. just, just be honest and own it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really glad to, to hear that you're pushing forward and let me know how I can help. Absolutely. Yeah. <sighs> well, is there anything else you would like to add? No, I really enjoyed chatting with you. Perfect. Thank you. For this. this was really fun. It was an honor. Yeah, it's really fun because I, I really enjoy speaking to everybody because I, I feel like every time I speak to somebody, I get something out from it. And I'm just like, oh, I feel really pumped out. Uh, <laughs> I feel, really, feel really inspired to go and do something. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both, we're going to sit, sit and start writing. Yeah. Start <laughs> Our brains are like about to explode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. That's great. No, that's awesome. And I think it speaks to what you were saying. It's like stay in community with people who inspire you. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. so important. So important. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you again so much for coming on. It was so great chatting to you. My pleasure. And thank uh, you for having me. Absolutely welcome. And thank you once again, Sean, for coming onto the show. And thank you for being so open. It's not easy. It's very difficult at times. So I appreciate you. I appreciate everything you brought to the interview. And 
just thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Again, follow Sean on Instagram and Twitter at Sean Sunny. Until next time, bye-bye.